Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Welcome to Husband Material. Today on the show, I am so excited to be with my friend Jeremy Williamson. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, Drew. It is so good to be here, man. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, you're welcome. You work with men. I do. And uh, it's so good. It is, it, I can't, like we were just talking before this started. I, I just can't believe that this is my life. I love it. Yeah. You're doing work with Chris Bruno and Restoration Project and Restoration Counseling. And then you also were a leader at our virtual retreat on Healing the Inner Child. Oh, man. That, that was so powerful. I don't know when you have another one of those coming down the line, but quick plug, which Drew did not ask <laughs> me to give. Uh, if, if you're listening to this podcast and and you notice that there's another one of these retreats available, I just want to invite you to, to jump in. It was it was fantastic, Drew. Well done. Thanks, Jeremy. And we are first going to take a risk with an in-person retreat and um, possibly some other things. But yes, virtual retreats will continue. And today we are specifically talking about an area of our lives where many of us need healing, which is the penis. Before we get into the content of today's episode on theology of the penis, yes, really important topic. I want to give people a warning because you might not know what to expect in this episode. Maybe you're coming in with questions. So Jeremy, can you give us a little preview of what we're talking about and what we're not talking about? That's good. So we, Drew, are talking about the image of God that is displayed in our bodies. We're talking about the goodness of God and how we, as men, uniquely in our bodies, uh, can demonstrate the glory and the image and the goodness and the kindness and the strength and all the things of God to the world. So this is not intended to be a conversation where we are going to be speaking about our penises in like an explicit or difficult way, not meant to be a triggering conversation for anyone out there. Really, we're talking about goodness and blessing and the glory of God. Awesome. Theology of the penis. That's kind of a radical title and topic for today. Don't you think? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because it's radical, but it's not. It's totally not, but it is, but it's not. You know, all of us have one. And for some reason to say the word penis is like we giggle a little bit. It reminds me of that penis game from elementary school (laughs) where you try to say it as loud as you can. (laughs) Yes. And whoever says it the loudest in public wins. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the funny thing is, uh, so my fourth grader just uh, just ended fourth grade. Um, yearbooks came out, and a bunch of his buddies. He didn't do it, thankfully. He didn't get suspended, but a bunch of his friends got in trouble because they drew penises mm-hmm. on uh, the other kids' yearbooks. And so, what I think is interesting, Drew, is that all of us obviously have an intimate relationship with our penis. You know, we we know it. We've lived with it. And, and, and so there is, it is a part of our daily lives yet. It is something that we're so uncomfortable in general talking about 
in public. We even make games, like you said, of yeah. uh, saying the word or talking about it. So I'm glad we're here. This is an important conversation with theology of the penis. It is. And I don't think I've ever had a conversation before talking about the penis in terms of God. Mm. So let's get into it. What is God's design for the penis? Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I drew God's design for every part of us we know is intentional. It's intentional. And the other thing that we know about God's design is that it is good. And I would even say, if we think about uh, Psalm 139, where we where we read, like, he knit us together in our mother's womb. He formed us. Mm. He knows every intimate, intricate detail about us. And his thoughts about us and his thoughts about our bodies are many. And his thoughts about us and our bodies are good. And so... God's design for every part of our body, including our penis, is good and intentional. And um, and I would say, so on a, on a just the most basic level, Drew, one thing that is just amazing about being human is that we're the only creature alive on planet Earth today who was made in the image of God, mm-hmm. male and female. He created us and and equally in the image of God. And so what I believe just on a base level, Drew, about our bodies and about our penises is that they are a part of the image of God. And it doesn't stop there. So when we talk about that part of our, our body or the other things that make us masculine or our scratchy faces, the our, our frame, our every part of us, our, our deeper voices, every part of us, Drew, was made intentionally and it was made to glorify, um, to glorify God, which I think is also why our, our penises and every part of us that is masculine is, is one of the main targets of the enemy who hates the image of God. Yeah. And so there's, there's so much to be said there, but just as an introduction, I think our penises are wonderful and they, the theology of it begins with an understanding that it's part of the image of God um, in, inside us. Does that make sense? Yes. It might be hard to grasp the wonder of my penis because it has been such a target of evil and because it's been used for so much sin. Mm. and and selfishness and immaturity. Mm-hmm. What I hear you saying, though, is that that actually speaks to the glory of it. It does. And let me share a story, a quick story that will illustrate that. So the other day I was speaking at this event and, uh, and it was just, it was an intimate talk. Probably 50, 60 people were there. And afterward, uh, I'm standing next to my wife and someone comes up and uh, she wanted us to pray for her. And she, she looked at my wife and she said, you're the only reason why I'm here. And then she looked at me and she said, because I hate you. And I didn't know this person. Um, but she said, I hate you. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. And she said, well, I hate you because you're a man. And I hate you because of the, the organ that you have, the thing she wouldn't say penis, but the thing that separates that makes men and women different. I hate you. And I don't understand why God made that because it's a weapon that has been used against me that has ruined my life. 
And that, that drew began like a, a really just sweet time and an ongoing uh, talk with this person. But I'll tell you, man, um, what we know about our lives in general is that our, our deepest wounds are always tied to our greatest glory, aren't they? So the enemy is always going to come after the thing that is most glorious, that is most, most closely related to the glory of God. That's what he wants to destroy. Mm-hmm. And so in men, as crazy as it sounds, he's come after our sexuality. He's come after our penises and he's brought what shame and sin and darkness to something that was really a part of our body that's glorious and was meant to demonstrate the goodness and the glory of God, the strength and the tenderness of God and the power of God. So I feel like I'm preaching Drew, so I'm not going to stop. <laughs> but, and I, I have to give props to Chris Bruno, who has written so much about this and put so much good thought into the theology of the penis. Um, but when we look at the book of Genesis and in the language that was used as, as Moses, who we believe wrote that book, he's describing from his, his culture and that, that um, kind of Mesopotamian ancient mindset of, of what, the, what this man is. He uses, he uses a Hebrew word, zakar, to, to say the word man and to describe man. And zakar, if you look at the root of that word, and you look at it in Hebrew, but also there's some Arabic similar similar words in Arabic and Aramaic. It's it's it is talking about our penis, and it is it basically could be interpreted as the one who pierces, one wow. who pierces. And so, true man, think about that. When yeah. we're not just talking about like a physical function, but we're talking about God's intention for me as a man to reflect God's image as one who goes after, as one who brings myself and who brings my strength wow. and who brings my, my, my intimacy and my goodness into brokenness. It, dude, we could go on and on, but it's, yeah. Um, it, it's not hard to see why the devil hates it. This part of us, which is so core to who we are as men, the penis speaks to how we were created to pierce. Yeah. To be proactive, to be initiators, to be men who who are not passive. That's and right. That strikes me as really important because what pornography does and what sexual brokenness does mm-hmm. is it insulates us into isolation and passivity. Yeah. It's so so that my sexuality becomes consumptive. I'm just taking and consuming rather than going out, taking risks and piercing in order to love and serve and reflect the image of God. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I was having a conversation with someone once and we were talking about like this guy's kindness and just the enormous amount of goodness that he offers to people and the way that he goes after people's hearts. And I was like, bro, you have the biggest heart penis of anyone <laughs> oh I have gosh. ever known in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I actually said that, but honestly, true, because that's what it is. That's what it is, is that we were designed. So think about the design of the penis in that, there are sometimes when um, we are and God is right. Cause it's the image of God where he's tender and soft mm. and vulnerable 
and 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 kind. And then there are other moments when God and when man, when we rise to the occasion, because we are called to to some good work to bring our strength and to penetrate darkness, to penetrate hearts to go after. And so there, there's so much glory in that, mm. Drew. And, and I love what you said about the brokenness of it and about the effect of pornography, because I think what the enemy wants is to take something that was intended to be a gift. Mm. And it was something that was intended to be, it's, it is outward. It is intended to be something that we offer as a yeah. gift to it, to people that we love I'm speaking about our penis and, and specifically to our spouse and like an ultimate uh, form of intimacy, we make it about ourselves and we make it about my pleasure and we consume, we consume it. And I think especially when the enemy is able to put shame there, then we hide it yeah. and we, we start to develop some kind of broken relationship with our penis and it becomes something that we own and we consume or we hate or yes. all of the above. But it's just. Yeah. Yeah. I want to pause there because you're describing the reason why that woman came up to you mm-hmm. and said, I hate you because mm-hmm. you're a man, because you have a penis. And. Her pain is legitimate. And we have misused this part of us. Evil has corrupted this part of us. And as a result, I wonder if there are some guys who are listening who feel that way about themselves. Mm -hmm. I hate me and I hate my penis because I see what it has done. I, that's real. True. And, um, if to I would say to those men that that are watching that have that kind of a relationship like with themselves, um, I'd say that we know that the enemy has come to steal and kill and destroy and destroy the image of God in you. So we have a new question now, okay. which is, what beauty and glory? Is there in our bodies and in our masculinity such that evil would feel so threatened by it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What strength and goodness is there that it's been weaponized? Yeah. And that's a little bit of what we're going to answer today. And we've already begun. Let's get specific and particular because this is not a general issue. This is tactile and embodied, and we all have a story or many stories around our penis. Jeremy, what's one of your stories around your penis? That's a good question, and I'll say I've never been asked that. Um, but that's what the space is for. Yeah. So the space is for, so thank you for asking that. You're welcome. You know, as, as a younger boy, 
I, I, I knew that there was that I knew that that part of me was not just for, for urinating, right? It wasn't just for peeing. I just knew, I knew that there was something about it. I, and I don't know how I knew, but I just knew that there was something about it that was different. And so I had little to no input, probably no input is, is a fair way to say from my parents, especially from my dad on what my penis was for, whether it was good or bad. It was intriguing to me and interesting to me. And the older that I got, and once I got into middle school and uh, even actually late elementary school and was introduced to pornography, I began to understand that like that is a part of me that A, is going to be judged harshly, potentially by the world in the way that it, like whether it is uh, big enough or too small or too big or the right shape or the right size or whatever, right? That, um, that that is a part of me that is, there's so much writing on whether or not it's good. And I had no one in my life to tell me that it was good. And so I remember being a, um, I remember being a middle schooler on the bus sitting next to my friend. And we were talking about what it would be like to lose our virginity. And I remember saying, you know what, dude? I, I think I want to find a black, not see-through condom. I'm like in seventh grade. And seventh, I wish seventh graders didn't have this conversation. I remember saying, I want, to, I want to get like a black, not see-through condom because I can't imagine my wife like seeing my penis. And um, I think there's a lot in that. I think that's really telling because obviously it speaks to like, I'm not sure whether she thinks it's going to be good enough. I'm not sure whether it's, she's going to like it. I'm not sure whether she's going to hate it. So um, there's, there's maybe one of many stories that I can share, share yeah. about my penis. Yeah. I hear shame. For sure. For sure. And interestingly, I think the enemy comes after all of us when it when we when it when it comes to our penises and he almost always uses shame i know you did a podcast on penis size mm -hmm. and and that's something that we get into our heads um yeah. all of us do thinking man is it big enough it doesn't seem like the porn stars but i, I think it's great i don't know is it enough what is real what and and we have that, that thought about size, but it's not for us. It's not really about size, Drew, because because shame is never about something so benign as just like, do I have enough inches or enough girth? It's not about that. Shame is so much deeper than that. I think shame, when we're talking about our penises, it actually talks about our, we're talking about our souls. Am I good enough? Am I strong enough? Will someone delight in me? Because Really, sex is about bringing my body and bringing my whole self completely vulnerably to another wow. person and hoping, hoping that they'll delight in me, um, that I can bring them delight. Does that make sense? It's almost like the penis represents the whole mm -hmm. or the penis represents the entire man, the zakar. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a symbol of how I feel about myself. Sure. And because of that, 
It is so vulnerable. It's that mm-hmm. area of weakness. And as you said, though, it's also an area where there can be strength. And right. Where there can be growth. <laughs> yeah. But then even then, Drew, the enemy comes in to bring shame and the enemy comes in to corrupt. So I've heard you talk about, and this is a part of my story too. Um, I've heard you talk about like uh, expeditionism. Is that how you say exhibitionism? Yeah. yeah. Exhibitionism and saying like the other side of, of not hiding, but actually showing off my penis. Mm. And you would think, so I think a lot of people are like, yeah, well, if you, you know, maybe you've got, it's nice. And so you want to show off. Or whatever. No, no, no. Once again, it's not about the penis. It's about delight. It's about, it's about being uh, told that you're good and being accepted and loved. And so I think even on the opposite side, so you may like Adam want to hide like Adam in the garden, hide your penis on the other end of it, though the devil's still working to, to bring shame and to bring confusion and wanting to exhibit it so that we somehow gain acceptance or love or worthiness or whatever. I've been there. Same. And it's, we could have a whole another podcast about that. I think you already have. (laughs) You might have to do another episode about that. So that was in seventh grade decades ago. Yeah. How has Jesus come to help you reclaim your penis? Mm -hmm. Because my penis is not about my penis. It has been reclaimed through the goodness of of the people around me, both my wife, but perhaps to an even greater degree, my brothers, the men that I have around me, as as I have been by my brothers, as I have been blessed as a man, as I have been welcomed into the company of men, as if I have had brothers and, and father figures bless me with their words and welcome me into their hearts. My feelings and thoughts about my penis have just evolved because it's not actually about that. It's about my masculinity and who I am as a man. So as I have grown to love myself and see myself as a member, a good enough and strong enough member of the company of men, my thoughts and feelings about my penis have become way less complicated and I'm able to bless myself and bless the image of God in me and, and what it means. Does that make sense, Drew? Yeah. It's come through other people. It's come through other people. You have had men and a particular woman bring kindness and blessing to this part of you, which really represents all of you. Yeah. So what does that look like? What has it looked like for you? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not done without risk. It's, it doesn't, I mean, risk is like making my heart accessible. So the men in my life, you know, uh, the men who have blessed me, I don't know that any of them, maybe they have, I don't think any of them have ever even seen my penis, but that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is that I took a risk to make my heart accessible and to Zakar to pierce the hearts of other men, mm. the hearts of other men. 
and to allow them to pierce my heart. Mm-hmm. And so that risky space of being vulnerable and allowing myself to be held hmm. and to be seen is, is what it is. But it, it was all about risk and being willing to like proverbially drop the towel and step into the sauna with my safe and good brothers and be seen like for who I am. Make, you know. Yeah. It strikes me as the mirror image of the brokenness that we carry mm-hmm. with our penis, where instead of taking a risk and being a piercer, we retreat mm-hmm. and we withdraw and we're afraid and we hide. We are taking these unwise and destructive risks sexually to show my penis to another person or to see someone else's penis in pornography, the sexual parts are showing, but the soul is detached. Yeah. And what you're saying is healing means reattaching my soul, even if the specific sexual anatomy is not a part of it. So good, Drew. Yeah, it's understanding that that part of me my sexuality, my body, all of my body, all of the image of God in me is attached to my soul. Mm. Like this is the tent that God designed for me to live in. And so I don't detach the two and have, you know, disembodied experiences uh, where I am just in my body and leaving my soul uh, separate from that. But like, if I can integrate those two things and bless who I am and bless my body and keep my soul attached. Oof, that's there's a lot of goodness in that, man. Wow. I hear you saying that healing happens at the soul level. And it has sexual side effects. It's true. It brings health and wholeness to every part of us when we can pierce another's heart or have my own heart be pierced. Jeremy, you've experienced a lot of healing in your masculinity, in your identity, through brotherhood. Mm. One of the common questions we get at husband material is how can I pursue that kind of brotherhood in a healthy way, especially in my body? Since we have a lot of online connections in this community, what does it look like to have an embodied brotherhood That's healthy, not acting out sexually. Mm -hmm. Nah, such a good question, Drew. And I think I can, we can talk about it from the practical side, like sort of how to begin to pursue that. But I'll say on, on just the, uh, the mental and emotional and spiritual side, like to, to actually bring my body into a space where there are other men and to choose to stay embodied. So, and to choose not to let shame dictate how I am. For example, you know, guys, a lot of times when we get together, we want to do something. So even if it's something as simple as fishing, you can have so much shame for like not being good at casting the line correctly, or if it's basketball for like not being super athletic. But when I have a fundamental understanding that, that, that this 
thing is the image of God, that this body is not perfect and it never will be, but God has called it good and that I am good and that I am blessed and worthy as a man. Then I can bring myself, I can drop the towel and, and walk into the sauna and, and, and be more comfortable with, with what I'm bringing. Um, so I think that's the first part. Pra- practically though, Drew, getting like being in um in groups of men is is always a dance it's always a dance so a lot of churches have like men's groups and 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 we we joke around a lot at restoration about how like there's no dick measuring allowed and what that means is that like, a lot of times when we get into groups you know we're sort of like this kind of like sizing each other up sort of thing yeah. um i have found that curiosity and kindness with good men um, can lead to a potential brotherhood kind of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, in that dance of kind of getting to know each other, feeling each other out, mm-hmm. like offering some curiosity, yeah, about our stories and offering some kindness yeah, um, can help get us there. I hear you saying there are kind of two approaches to men's ministry. One is, dick measuring yeah how good am i in comparison to these other guys yeah or how horrible am i and that often happens in porn recovery groups when people talk about their time without porn sure or their accomplishments or achievements or relationships and we're just comparing ourselves to each other (laughs) Mm -hmm. versus a dance dancing sounds uncomfortable to me it sounds <laughs> risky to me yeah, yeah it's also sounds playful yeah and potentially powerful mm. so what does it look like to yeah. dance with men so here's the thing i'm gonna let's just let's just dance okay let's just dance drew i i respect you a lot and and i respect the work that you've done the things that you've written I, I respect the ministry that you're building and the way that you're pursuing the hearts of men. I get that as a man, that, that must be incredibly difficult. And so while myself and I'm sure a lot, a lot of the men who are part of husband material look up to you, Drew, and, and value you, I also, I also know that you're a man like I am. Mm-hmm. And so I can look at you and be intimidated by you and feel a desire to like protect myself and to stay surfacey with you or a desire to please you. Mm. There's a, there's lots of unholy desires that I can have, but really what I want is to connect with you and to know you. So I can, I can choose to kind of like lean into that uncomfortableness and say, man, Drew, you're so awesome and gifted, bro. And I love this ministry that you're building. Um, how are you and what's it like yeah. to be doing this every single day? And, and so I can start to offer some curiosity that is kind, that just, that kind of breaks through some of that and, and leans more toward your heart. Is that, yeah. Was that helpful, Drew? Did that feel like we were dancing? It's a piercing <laughs> question because all of those strengths or gifts or ministry stuff can be a wall. And a barrier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that little question, how are you, pierces through. 
everything in the way. If I allow you in, Mm -hmm. if I'm willing to be seen and known. And I think, I think it, it maybe begins with blessing my desire to know you. So, so again, Drew, like looking, looking across the screen at you, like I feel something right here. There's, Mm -hmm. there's like a longing right here. Mm -hmm. And, and it is, it's, it's like a part of my soul that's like, man, and I'm being totally honest right now. I'm not, I'm not saying this just for illustrative purposes. We're dancing. So Drew, when I look across the screen at you, I'm like, man, that's a good guy. And there's a part of me that longs to like actually be connected with this guy. Now, shame inside of me can turn that a million different ways that are unhealthy. But if I bless the fact that that's, this is a good man right here, and that's a good man that I'm looking at across the screen, and for us to come and to dance and for me to, to pierce his heart and to allow him to pierce mine, like to, 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 to know each other is good. If I bless that, then that, that gives me the right and the freedom to, to go after you a little bit and to go after your heart. Yeah. Now I hear a little bit more of what you mean okay. when you talk about going after men. Mm-hmm. And it requires you to be vulnerable. That's right. That took guts, what you just said. Dude, I meant it. You see, one one of the beautiful things that's happened that's healed my heart, and I bet a lot of the people watching can, can identify with this. I used to think of men, and then there was me. Right. Mm. So there's like, especially as a boy, but even, even as a man, I thought it would go away. I thought like, once I become a man, somebody will like, tell me that I'm there now. And I'll just feel like all of the men I see must feel like there, there's all this, there's men. I never really got that. Like welcome into the company of men. Like here, you're here. So glad you're here. You're a man. You're one of us. You're just like us, you know? And, and, healing through brotherhood and being welcomed over and over again. And it only comes through that vulnerable dance that you and I just did Mm. over and over again. I I've started to be able to bless myself as a man who has a penis and has a lot of things about me that are masculine, that are part of the image of God. And I'm welcome in the company of men. So there's no shame in me pursuing Drew's heart because he's a man too. Yeah. And, uh, cause we're the same. We're the same. What a healing message. You, Jeremy and, you on the other side of this screen, I'm talking to you. You and I are the same. We are men. We have penises. They are good and mysterious and tender and they can be hard and they are meant to bring us out of ourselves into redemptive risk for the sake of the kingdom of God. We all have it. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's so good. So yeah. glorious. I feel a sense of peace. Just Same. centering on that truth. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, this might sound a little bit weird. Can you offer us a penis blessing? <laughs> A penis blessing. I, 
I would be happy to. <laughs> I would be happy to. And this is not this is not something that's going to be scripted. So let me just speak to you, those of you who are watching. Let's dance. Those of you who are men, like Drew and I, uh, who have penises. That part of you, God calls good, and God calls blessed. And he says that that part of you is a part of his image, the ability to pierce, the ability to create life, Mm -hmm. the ability to bring yourself vulnerably and powerfully where there's need, just like Jesus did. Jesus, who allowed himself to be crucified and to die in that incredibly vulnerable, but incredibly powerful and naked moment. Mm. So I bless that part of you. Adam in the garden had to hide it, but you don't need to hide your masculinity and the goodness of who you are. Yes. Who cares about the size or the shape that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Your masculinity and the image of God in your body is worthy of being blessed. And Drew and I, Together, bless it, and we bless you, and we hope that you will use it to pierce hearts in the best way. Amen. Amen. I receive that blessing in my body. I'm putting my hands on my chest just to reinforce that. And I love what you said about Jesus, because on the cross... He was exposed in every way Mm -hmm. and his penis was out there for everyone to see. What a reversal of Adam in the garden. Mm -hmm. And now that redemptive reversal extends to us. So well said Adam, like in shame, felt like he had to hide his penis and Jesus in an act that undid shame was completely exposed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it's a beautiful illustration of what healing looks like, man. He extended himself. He was pierced for our yeah. transgressions and sins. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, thank you so much for being with us today. What is your favorite thing about freedom from porn? the redemption of my body and of my sexuality in that there's no, um, I am able to, instead of like thinking of my body and my sexuality as something that is shameful and secret and gluttonous and consumed and about consumption and actually able to dance with freedom and delight and desire Mm -hmm. uh, with both my wife and with good men like you, Drew. So the the redemption of of how I'm able to bring myself to the world versus keep myself hidden, uh, shamefully gluttonous. uh, There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. I don't really know what to say. I just love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That divine dance. Instead of dampening your desire, you are deepening your desire. Mm -hmm. 
Jeremy, if someone really loved this podcast episode and wants to contact you, what can they do? Yeah, great question. I think the best thing to do would be to go to restorationcounselingnoco.com. It stands for Northern Colorado. So restorationcounselingnoco.com. And uh, they can find me there and reach out. It'd be great to connect. Sweet. I will put the contact info for Jeremy in the show notes. And thank you so much for being with us. And for everyone else out there, always remember, you are God's beloved son. In you and in every part of you, he is well-pleased. Right.